Uh, amen. <laughs> Good. You know, the presence of God goes with us wherever we go, but isn't it great to have a place to really stop, to really fill back up again. You know, moms, we give, give, give. Wives, we give, give, give. You give, give, give in, in your workplace. Everywhere we go, we're givers. But God wants to give to us too. This is our filling station. This is our pit stop. It's where we get our tires rotated and check under the hood and make sure all the fluid levels are right. <laughs> and just to make sure that we're, we're doing um, what God has us doing through his power. He so wants us to be full of him to be able to do more effectively what we're called to do as women. So just so excited to be back. Um, I had a great holiday with friends and family, mostly family, and we really did enjoy our time together. It was like celebrating nonstop from uh, Thanksgiving through a couple days ago. So it's just all good. It's really fun. So I hope you had a great holiday season as well. But we're going to move forward here. Let's go ahead and prepare for our offering. You know, after spending all that money at Christmas, maybe we just want to pray for our finances this morning. Anybody tracking with me? All right. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see that uh, that credit card, you know, balance keep climbing. So if that's if that's something that is a concern this morning, you know, let's just pray over it and believe that, you know, God's ways are always higher than our ways. Isn't it just totally backwards that if we give then we, God gives right back and he gives more and over and above. I mean, that just doesn't really make sense, but his ways are higher than our ways. His ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we're just gonna agree this morning that as we give, that every need is going to be met. And that it's not that you give and there's less in your pocket, there's actually going to be more because that's God's way. So Father, we just pray a blessing over our finances. And if you have your checkbook or your, your credit card or your debit card, card or your wallet, just lay your hands on it. And we just believe in Jesus' name that you are our provider, you are our source, and we release um, any fear or worry about our finances, and we trust you to provide everything that we need. You said not to worry about those things. And so we release worry and we just speak to that mountain in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, that you are providing everything that we need in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may take the offering while we uh, listen to a few quick announcements here. Trisha's going to help us. Good morning, ladies. It's so great to be back, isn't it? Despite the weather and some of your drives in, I'm sure you're just excited to be here sitting at these tables. <laughs> I know I am. Kids back in school, hallelujah. That's a good thing. <laughs> love school, love the homeschool kids, love them all. <laughs> hey ladies, we have a great schedule planned ahead of us for the season. And uh, one of the things that are happening is we have our Monday night Bible study that is starting next week, Monday. It's a five session study called Breath uh, from Priscilla Schreier. And again, that starts on next week, Monday the 9th. It's at 7 p.m. in the 180. If you'd like to register, you can. It's not a requirement to register, but it helps us to know how many people to plan on. And there is a book for purchase. Um, you can pick that up at the uh, Word Shop, or you can go online to Lifeway and purchase your book there. And then the following, next week, we have Dan Seaborn um, from Winning at Home. He's going to be here with us. How many of you heard him before here? Yeah, he is an amazing speaker. He really knows how to just speak to us. He speaks from the heart, and he's so transparent, and we just, he's funny. He's just funny. <laughs> and then the following week, we have Deb Kurgis. She's going to be here with us, Pastor Deb, and sharing a message. And then, um, ladies, um, just a couple housekeeping things to remind you of. If you see a number, um, the, there's a box up here where I'm pointing, and sometimes you'll see a number at the bottom of the screen. That is a, a family ID number. For some of you who may be new, um, you're assigned a family ID number for your children that are in the nursery ministry. Um, and so when you see your number, they need you to go down to the nursery and to attend to your child. So please make sure when you see that number that you head down there. And then also, ladies, um, our restrooms are right to the left here in um, by the stairwell to the side. Um, you don't have to go out to the hall to use the restrooms are right here. And then weather. 
how many of you just loving this weather? I'm telling you what, I do. I actually, I do enjoy the snow. I don't enjoy the driving part of it, but it is fun having all the snow. Um, weather, so if there's a cancellation and impact, it's only gonna be because they've closed Granville Public Schools. That's how you're gonna know if we're not meeting. So if you wake up and you see, hmm, I wonder, and you're starting to see the school closings come through, just watch. If Granville Public Schools closed, we're not meeting here on um, Thursday morning. We'll also have that posted on Wood TV 8 and Channel 13, but sometimes, you know, it, it may not get out there right away. So just check your TVs if there's a weather advisory out there or something and look for that school cancellation. Um, and then we'll post that on Facebook too. And you can always call the church. <laughs> and ladies, we have um, some things for you to think about, mark your calendar for. Um, we have our Women's Retreat Encounter 2017, and that's coming up already, um, February 17th and 18th. That's a Friday and Saturday, and it's going to be at Maranatha Bible, uh, what do they call that? Bible Center Conference Center. There you go. Make sure I got it right. And if you are looking for a fresh encounter with God, um, our retreat is gonna bring you there and we're gonna deliver. God's gonna deliver, not us. Encounter God's intimate presence through praise and worship and experience his love and grace through inspiring workshops. And we're just gonna have some fun activities, a time that you can spend with God. And um, we have Judy Buffum coming. She's one of our main speakers. Also Pastor Karen Wildhart is speaking. And it is just such a great weekend with your friends. Gather your girls, you can register together. We can put up to four in a room. Some of our rooms are up to four, some only two. But um, hey, sign up and um, let me know if for some reason you need to, you know, uh, make some payments towards that or whatever, just give our office a call. We're willing to work with you. We don't want to exclude anybody from attending the event. Um, go to our website for that. Um, just go to uh, ministries to, con to uh, connect women's and then you'll go there and we'll have the link right there for the um, retreat. You can also go to our Facebook for that information. Um, the cost is $130 per person. And just so you know, it includes all of your food. It includes your bedding, the towels, everything is in that room, just like a hotel. The only thing you need to bring is just your personal items and your big smile. And we're ready to go. Uh, let's see what else we have here. We've got quite a few things. What am I missing? Oh, hey, that's right. I have a video that we have to show. <laughs> I want to set it up. One of the things that we're going to be doing at our retreat, one of our workshops, we are um, connecting with Soul Hope. I don't know how many of you may have heard of this. We were actually introduced to this by a lady who attends um, some of our women's events. And um, what it is, it's um, making shoes that we send that are sent to Africa. And so what we're looking for is donated jeans. If you have some old jeans, we need them. And what they do is they give us a pattern, we cut them all out and everything and get them prepared. And then it's all sent to Africa. And um, they have tailors there that sew on like the rubber soles from tires and stuff like that. And they give them to the medical centers for children and adults who have infected feet because they don't wear shoes. They don't have shoes. I mean, us here in America, we don't lack that. We don't even know what it's like to not have shoes. And, you know, it, it's hard to believe that there are countries that go without something so basic. And so we would really like your help by donating some jeans. Um, you can just bring them in, put them on the back pool table there, and we're gonna use those at our retreat. And that's gonna be one of our projects at the retreat is cutting out these patterns and being able to send these to Africa. So we're really excited about that. What happens there is I, I I got online, I started researching it, and you can do it yourself to get more information on it, but they're jiggers, they call them jiggers. And because they don't wear shoes, they get them into their feet, 
and some they get numerous and so it's so painful and so infected that some of them they can't even walk anymore and so parents are carrying their children so we just have a great opportunity to partner with this ministry and we would love for you to join us whether you're coming to the retreat or not you can be a part of it by donating your um, genes you could also if um, you're not coming to the tree and you think oh my gosh I want to be a part of that you can go online and purchase the um, the kit that they use and it gives you the template to cut out the the shoes that makes the shoes part and then you can send it in yourself too you can be a part of it on your own by going online and checking that out so ladies um, looking ahead if you can mark your calendars for our women's conference we have a women's conference coming up we are so excited this is our first conference since 2008 Seven. Oh, we haven't had a con- women's conference since 2007, and we're so excited that we're bringing one to you, and we have some great speakers lined up for you. We have Sheila Walsh, who is a powerful Bible teacher, best-selling author, Grammy-nominated singer from Scotland. Wow, I didn't even know that. <laughs> and with over 5 million books sold, so she is an amazing uh, speaker, and we're so excited to have her a part of this, and then we also have Hannah Ouellette. Some of you may not know her. She is a new upcoming speaker. She's young and feisty and full of energy, and we're so excited to have her. We had an opportunity to meet her at a pink conference, and she was just a doll. You're going to love her. But she comes from, she co-pastors with her husband, Jacob, um, at Thrive Church in Denver, Colorado. So um, they have a huge vision, a big passion in their heart, and she is just on fire and excited to be here with us. And then, of course, we have one of our famous all-time favorite speakers that, um, here in town, Dan Seaborn, that's going to come. And he's also going to be a part of our conference in a session. And we just, we know him. We love him. We know he just has a heart for families and for marriages and just uh, people in general. And so we're just so grateful to have all three of them here for our conference. And we would love for you to just mark your calendars for May 17th or 8th. No, oh my goodness. May 19th and 20th. (laughs) More information will be coming out soon. We'll have materials out. Um, Registration will open. And so that should be here in about a month or so where you can go online and register. And the cost is going to be $55 per person for that. And so we're just really excited. So just uh, start uh, looking forward to that and getting that on your calendar. And then the other thing is uh, we have a shopping trip. We canceled our shopping trip last year and we're bringing it back because uh, we had some women speak up and said, hey, what's going on? We want our shopping trip. Girls love to shop, right? I do. So that is scheduled for Friday, May 26th. The bus is leaving at 7.30 a.m. to Ikea in Canton and then to 12 Oaks Mall in Novi. And then it'll return here at 11.30 p.m. So it's just a one-day, all-day trip with a bunch of women in a bus. How fun is that? Oh, my gosh. I'm there. It's going to be a good time. So for more information on that and to sign up for that bus trip, just go to the Word Shop. See Jolene there, and she'll get you all set up. All right. We're a little rusty, ladies. I can't believe it. (laughs) You would think we'd have this down bad, but (laughs) on Christmas break, we're back. So here we go. So I just have the privilege of being able to introduce our speaker today. It's Pastor Karen Waldhart. She has served as women's ministry pastor here at Resurrection Life Church for six years now. And she just has a passion to see God's people walk in a deeper intimacy with the Father and experience for themselves the love and grace grace of Jesus Christ. Karen has previously always been involved with women's ministry, it seems like. 
it goes, I don't want to age anybody, but it goes back a ways. <laughs> she used to lead worship with women's ministry back when I was just coming and visiting uh, back then victorious women. So she has been around the block a couple of times and she just has an amazing heart for women and wants to see women free. And she is just excited to give you a great message today. Her and her husband, Bill, have been married for 35 years and they have four children and they just have a ton of grandkids. Oh my gosh, I think they got what, seven now? Seven grandkids, they have a house full. I can ima only imagine what Christmas was like at your house, it must have been fun. So help me introduce and welcome, or welcome Pastor Karen Waldhart. We have seven grandkids and a very full diaper pail at all times, so it's just so much fun. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Um, I remember just getting excited when the first grandchild was on the way and people would say, oh, you're gonna love it, there's nothing like it. And I said, yeah, I know, I'm so excited, but boy, until you really experience it, you have no idea what it does to your heart. We are so smitten and we are just whipped. <laughs> but what's really cool is that I didn't realize what it was gonna do for me was to reawaken something that I thought was past. And this love that you have to nurture again, because you don't nurture your grown kids. You, know, you have to move on from that. You're there for them, but you don't nurture them anymore. But oh, it's like I had so much more to give and now I get to do it again. So we just love, love, love it. But I hope you had a great holiday season. I hope um, that you're looking forward to the new year. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but how many of you have actually made a new year's resolution? Would you admit to it? Ah, got a couple, I got a couple. Guess what you think the most common one is? Ah. There you go, probably. Yeah, I know. I heard a statistic um, early on before the holiday season started that the average person gains one to three pounds in, um, during the holiday season. I, I said, not. I mean, I'm working on that 10 pounds. I think I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> okay, can you say that with me? Resolutions. <laughs> I was practicing it in the mirror. Uh, somebody get that girl a pony. That was just way too cute. But yeah, that's kind of what happens when we make New Year's resolutions and we decide I'm gonna use my willpower. And you know what? We should make some of those choices, but we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure. And so when I was praying through what this message should look like. God did what he does a lot for me and he just dropped a title into my heart and went, okay, where are we going from here? And so what he said to me was, new year, new gear. And if you think about a car, a car, um, does anybody here drive a manual with a stick, stick shift? I actually enjoy driving a stick. We, we owned one for like our first 10 years of marriage. And um, you know, you get real good at making those transitions really smooth, but you know, you start out in, in, in first gear. And if you try to go first gear at, at 50, 60 miles an hour, you're gonna ruin the engine. And I think sometimes we get a little bit stuck. And what God wants us to do is trust him to change us from gear to gear year from glory to glory because if you've got the overdrive in your car once you reach that go through that first gear and it revs up to the the highest point and then you have to put your foot on the clutch and move it smoothly into second gear and maybe we stay there for just a little bit longer and then we're moving on to the third and fourth and man when you get on the expressway you put that thing in overdrive and it's a smooth and steady drive and that's that's where we want to be and it's okay if we're not there yet. And like she said, you know, the, one of the things that I liked about out of the mouth of babes that this cute little girl said is that, you know, she was really saying, don't beat yourself up. You know, we're going to miss it. We're going to fail, but it's okay. You're going to have lots of more chances to give it another go. And with the help of God, we can be moved from gear to gear and glory to glory. So let's just talk about that. One gear, I feel like I'm not centered. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm kind of distracted. Is this better? <laughs> All right. Um, one gear that we don't want to get stuck in is neutral. Now, you might think neutral is a safe place to be, but, and you might think, well, I'm not moving. And maybe it's better to not move because every time we try to make a move, maybe we get hurt. But let me tell you a story about neutral. When I was eight years old, back in the olden days, um, the cars did not have the gear shifts locked. 
And my mom, like a lot of moms did back in those days, would leave myself and, and my, my four siblings in the car while she went shopping. You know, you get arrested for those things these days. But that's what moms used to do. Just, you know, you stay in the car, I'm going in. And we were obnoxious. I'm sure we'd honk the horn. And we were, we were those kids. Yeah. And um, so I'm in the driver's seat. My mom's in the store. I've got my siblings in the car. And I'm driving to California. And I decide I'm going to use the shift and put it into a gear, because I'm driving, right, pretending. Well, I didn't know what I did. I was able to move it into neutral. We were on a, a steep slant, and the car began to roll backwards. And when I realized that I was moving and the car was moving, I did what any eight-year-old would do. I jumped out of the car, and I tried to stop it. I did, because after all, I am a rescuer, and I felt responsible for it. And so as we're going backwards, someone across the street of a four-lane, very busy um, highway where we were, uh, saw what was happening, and he yelled across the street, said, little girl, get in the car. And so I jumped back in, and as soon as I shut the door, we were hit broadside by a, by a car. Now, we were, our car was a tank. So we didn't really get hurt, but his car was, well, he was driving a Corvette, and he was a little bit upset what about what had happened. But nobody was hurt, thank God. But you know what? Neutral's not a safe place to be because you don't have any power, and you will be, you will be uh, driven by whatever direction the car wants to go. And that's what happens in life. Sometimes we are just battered about by every single circumstance because we're not moving forward. And the other gear that's probably not good to stay in for very long is park, because again, we're not going anywhere. And so we want to talk about moving forward. New year, new gear. And Ephesians 4, 23 to 24 says, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new nature created in God's image in true righteousness and holiness. And I love the words. Think, listen to the words. There's nothing stale. There's nothing old. Everything's moving forward. It's talking about change. And so we're going to be renewed. And if you take the re out of that, that means whatever was new before that has become old gets to be renewed, get made new again, right? Fresh attitudes. Sometimes we have stale thoughts. We're stuck in patterns of thinking that are actually very very destructive. And so we need a fresh mental attitude, a fresh um, thought life, fresh emotions, and fresh spiritual awareness. And it says here to put on a new nature. That's something different. That's something new. Let me just stop and ask, does anybody want something new and different in 2017? Okay, well then you're in the right place because we're gonna talk about how we're gonna get there. So God offers true righteousness and holiness and it sure sounds like God is in the business of helping us shifting gears to get where he needs to get us going. So here's what I wrote in my post-Christmas post. And the reason I called it post-Christmas post on Facebook is because I thought I posted a Christmas message and somehow I got lost in cyberspace. So I decided, oh man, I miss Christmas, but I'm not gonna miss New Year's and this is what God laid on my heart to write. The Christmas presents are all unwrapped. There are plenty of goodies left to eat. I'm contemplating taking down the Christmas tree this week, but still looking forward to celebrating the new year. The theme that God has dropped into my heart is new year, new gear. What does 2017 look like? Or maybe the better question is, what does God want 2017 to look like for me personally. A new gear suggests a shift, moving forward, moving up into something better. When gears shift in a car transmission, there's a temporary pause when the clutch is engaged, but it is to facilitate moving on to the next gear and to the next gear until you achieve overdrive smooth optimum speed. I believe God is calling us to trust him to make the shift in our lives, to experience him in a new and greater way in 2017. A gear that we may want to avoid in 2017 is reverse. So Paul tells us that the one thing he does is to forget what lies behind and look forward to what lies ahead, to win the prize which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Upward, forward, shifting, changing. These are all powerful words to describe the amazing work of the Holy Spirit when we allow him full access to our hearts and lives. God is in the business of empowering while shifting us from gear to gear, changing 
changing us from glory to glory as we behold him. More of him, less of me. Looking forward to 2017. And I think you're with me in that by the show of hands. So let's go through what God has for us by using the word gear. Now, let me tell you this. I do this with a little bit of fear and trepidation because if I get off on too many rabbit trails, we're not going to get through it. And I want to go through G-E-A-R, and I don't want to leave you with G or Gia. So we got to get to the R, right? So we know exactly where we're going here. But if we use gear, the word gear, let's start with the letter G. Ta-da! Letter G is for go, God first. I always want to say go, but you know what? God wants us to go. Matthew 6.33 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Things are not bad. We need things. We need the basic necessities of life. And then God is so wonderful. He gives us so much more abundantly above and beyond that as well. But here's the key. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And you know what that does? It takes the stress out of feeling like I'm always having to do, 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 to get, 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 and to fill, fill, fill all of my needs. But God is saying, put God first, put me first, and he will add those things to you. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm going to sign up for that because it takes so much of the stress about um, worrying about where the provision is going to come from. So our first priority every day is to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Okay, we're gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But it is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not seeking the things is seeking God first. And when we seek him first and we become more and more convinced, more and more confident, he is not going to let you struggle. He is not going to withhold any good thing. He's always trying to get good things to us. And notice that it also says not only seek him, seek his face, but to seek his righteousness. And you know, for years, I just kind of skipped over that and got to the good stuff, you know, because he's going to give me all these things. Well, it's not in the getting of things that is the most important thing here. It is in seeking him first. And his righteousness is right standing with God. And he has given you the gift of his righteousness. So when we seek his righteousness, it helps us to stop from striving to feel like we have to do enough to get something from God. And that's the key. Now I'm in a place of not doing and thinking, God, do I qualify? Have I done enough? And, and we very easily get into that mindset, especially if we have specific needs. So here we are seeking the face of God and understanding and getting the revelation that I'm righteous. I have right standing with God, even when I fail, even when I don't measure up the way I think I'm supposed to, that God doesn't look at me and say, oh, I'm not giving that to her. She doesn't deserve it. Well, he freely gives, and he wants us to freely receive because he has nothing but good things for us. So as we seek the source himself and not the things, the things are simply the fruit of putting God first. It addresses worry. Okay, if we're always worried about how are we going to stretch this paycheck to meet all of our bills, it's a reality. I'm not minimizing that. But your worry isn't going to accomplish anything. And he says, don't even, don't even worry about it, but seek me first. And I will add that to you. Don't seek the money. Don't seek um, the provision, but seek the provider is what he's saying. Romans 14, 17 tells us that righteousness, peace, and joy is what the kingdom of God is. Because you might say, well, I'm supposed to seek him first. It says, seek first the kingdom. What does that mean? Well, uh, the kingdom of God, according to 14, 17, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And because God dwells in you, the kingdom of God is in you. And so the kingdom of God is his righteousness, his peace, and his joy that we get to live in. And it's right standing because of what Jesus did.
So it's a gift to be received, not a position to achieve. Will you just simply receive it? And so then we can say with confidence, I am the righteousness of God because of Christ Jesus. Because he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. And it's all about Jesus. So it's interesting that in the providing, there's a place to seek his righteousness and to understand that he already positioned you to receive everything that you need according to his riches and glory. All right, let's go on. PowerPoint number two is our E, our, our expectations. What are you looking for in 2017? Are you thinking, oh man, more of the same old, same old? Or maybe it's looking a little bit fearful. You know what we fear? Things that we don't know and things that we can't control. And your future is not all in your hands. You cannot control people. You cannot always control situations. But you can control who you're going to turn to in every situation and how you are going to respond to it. That's really the only thing you have control over. And let God do the rest. And our little, our favorite girl up here, uh, well, actually, I'm going to talk about our Proverbs 31 girl. Because Proverbs 31.25 says this, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure, and she smiles at the future. So are we smiling at the future? Are we afraid of the future? Do you lose sleep over the future? Are you worrying about the future? Because you don't know what the future holds? You know, I know some people who just don't like surprises. Don't you dare give me a surprise birthday party. Well, I kind of wonder, is it because you don't want the attention or are you just afraid of something that you don't have control over? I'm just wondering. But can we trust God with our future? Even that same verse in the New Living Translation says, she, this Proverbs 31 girl, is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. And I just love that. I just want to say, ha! <laughs> You know, the future doesn't have to be a, a fearful, scary thing when we're trusting in the one who holds our future. Amen? Are you tracking with me? All right. So let's look at our Proverbs 31 girl. She wears her strength and dignity like clothing. It's noticeable. There's something about her that people can't quite figure out. She's strong and she has dignity. And you know what I believe? There's a lot going on on the inside that is starting to show on the outside. But I, this is what I really think. This is a woman who carries herself because she knows who she is. She knows she's a child of God. She is a daughter of the king, that her daddy takes good care of her, and he calls her beloved. He looks at her and says, you are so precious to me. You're priceless to me. I paid my highest price for you by giving my son to die for you. And if you were the only one that needed that, I would have done it just for you. That's who that woman knows. She is, and I'm going to declare over all of you, you are Proverbs 31 women. And if you can, would you just stand with me right now? Because we're going to practice what that Proverbs 31 woman, how she carries herself. Because how you carry yourself gives off signals whether we know it or not. Now, we don't have time for a doctor's um, you know, approval here, so do what uh, is comfortable for you. But if you can, if you would just raise your hands completely straight up so that your arms are touching your ears. Okay, good stretch, all right. Take a deep breath. Somebody's yawning, that's good. All right, now very slowly pull your hands down, 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 down by your side. Okay, guess what? You are standing in the most upright, a position, this is good posture. You know what good posture is it? Throwing your shoulders back, all right? The other part of good posture is that you're actually, you put your hand on your lower back, you stand up straight from your waist up. And now you carry yourself with strength and dignity. And this is, this is a witness to everyone around you. This woman knows who she is. She stands tall, 
She, she is confident, all right? And you just all lost five pounds because that's what that does. It makes you look taller and thinner. I recently found out that I have grown one inch in the last five years. Why? Because I learned how to stand to my fullest height and not slouch like nobody cares. Oh, poor is me. And I began to stand tall, and God said, you carry yourself like a Proverbs 31 woman. Amen? Is that good? You may sit down. All right. Yes, and you know what? God's going to remind you, stand up, girl. Don't forget who you are. All right. You carry yourself with strength and dignity that comes from knowing who you are. So what is our expectation? Let me give you three verses which lead us to have a confident expectation of good. And let me just say, because God is good. If we don't really believe that God is good and he's kind of checking you out and saying, are you doing enough? Can I bless you? No, I'm taking that blessing back. You don't deserve that one. You're not going to have a good confident expectation of good. You have to know, number one, he is good, and he's always trying to get good things to us. Amen? So here's some three, three verses I want you to chew on, meditate, and get into our spirit, into our thinking. You know, part of what we're doing this year to switch gears, if you will, is that we need to constantly be in a state of renewing our mind, getting new thoughts, getting out of that crazy cycle that we sometimes get into, getting new default settings. You know, I've talked about this before because... I went through years controlled and manipulated by a spirit of fear. I thought, oh, that's just me. But it, just ignoring it did not help. And it began to escalate to the point where I suddenly realized something's got to be done. Something has to change. I was stuck in first gear. And I did it. Here's the first revelation I had. Oh, I can be changed. And this isn't from God. So I identify the source. So sometimes we just simply need to, to get out of the crazy cycle, turn to God and say, God, I need a new way of thinking. And there's only one way to do that. And it's not willpower. And it's not chanting words over and over and over. Because now that I've said this a hundred times, now something should change. No, it's like chewing on food, chewing on it, and getting it into your system, and it begins to give you the kind of nutrition that you need. It becomes part of who you are, and it changes what happens between our ears here. And we begin to have new thoughts, a new way of thinking. And we already said this first, God's ways are, not our, are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So God... Give me your thought on this. Be willing to stop sometimes when you start to sense the crazy cycle. I'm getting all nervous. I'm getting all worried. And now I'm, I'm just doing the same thing that I always do. God, the devil knows where your triggers are. He can poke, 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 poke. And there she goes again, off and running. You know, she's worried. She's going to lose sleep. She's getting grumpy, you know, and, and depressed. There, it works every time. He loves it. Just works every time. And before you know it, you're on your own because you could do it all by yourself. You don't even need the devil's help because we're stuck in a gear that God wants to get you out of. And so how do we do that? We wash our mind with the word of God. And I love to say this, ladies, you have to pick up your own sword of the word of God. I can't pick it up for you. I'm glad you're here today, but I'm just here today to help you pick up your own sword because you don't have to leave here and say, oh, I can't wait till next Thursday so I can get some more encouragement. Let God encourage you every single day and put God first, get in the word and say, God, here's my stinking thinking. Give me your thoughts on this. What do you say about this? That's putting God first. And so number one, the first verse is Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you'll taste him, he says, you're going to find out I taste really, really good. All right, there is nothing bad about God. Blessed is a man who takes refuge in him, and that's Psalm 34, 8. So you must first believe that God is good and that God is blessing you. You start drawing near to him, and man, he's right there. You're going to experience them in a brand new way. The second scripture is Psalm 112.7. This is a description of a righteous woman. Okay, we already established that. Who's righteous in here? Okay, get your hands up. Come on, I have to go backwards. I'm not going in reverse. We already established you're righteous, not because you're so good, but because God is good. And he calls you righteous. He purchased your righteousness and he gifted it to you. If you haven't yet received it, you need to do that today. 
You are the righteousness of God because of Christ Jesus. Okay, can I hear a good amen? amen? All right, so you must first believe that God is good, and then you believe that because God calls me righteous, he's made me righteous, this is my heritage. And it says she will not fear bad news. Her heart is steadfast, trusting, confidently relying on and believing in the Lord. See, you have to believe that no matter what happens, that you don't have to fear the future because God is there that you can confidently rely on, lean on him because he is so good. There is nothing that can happen to you that God is not going to redeem, turn around, sanctify, and protect you. You got to know that. Oops, you have to know that. <laughs> One of my pet peeves, the word God. All right, you have to know that and believe that. And if you don't have that 100% confidence yet, got to get your mind renewed to that. You start getting in the word. God, show me how I can confidently trust and rely on you. There's a little glitch here. There's something that I'm not quite believing right. There's really good books out there. Believe right, live right. Um, believe, change your thinking, it will change your life. And it's so true because that's how the renewing of the mind works. Third scripture to help you meditate on, we don't have to fear the future. How can we have a confident expectation of good? Psalm 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Anybody godly in here? Okay, yes you are, because you've been made righteous. We're going back to that. You're going to get it today. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Do you know that God cares about even the smallest thing? If you care about it, he cares about it. But care can also mean worry about it. He's not going to worry for you. <laughs> okay, don't ask him to worry. No, he's saying... I am interested in this because it concerns you. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I had this such a sweet picture when I read that, that the way my grandkids, they reach up and they want me to hold their hand, and I love it. When one of our granddaughters right now, she's in that stage where she goes, come here, come here, and she grabs you and she drags you wherever she wants you to go. And sometimes you don't always have time for that, but it's still so sweet. You know, they want you involved. One of our other grandsons comes up to my husband and he just stands there and he goes, he goes, Papa, will you play with me? Well, of course he wants to go play with him. He'll be on the floor in a second playing with cars. But it's that picture is that the Lord holds you by the hand. And so, yeah, we're going to trip and stumble. But it says you won't fall. You won't fall. Just remember who's got your hand. So we don't have to fear the future and know that God is interested in Every detail. Say every detail. Say no detail is too small for God. He's interested in every detail of my life. Amen. That's a truth. And that's a kind of truth that will set you free. So receive that truth this morning. PowerPoint number three. We're getting there, girls. We're on A. All right. A is awareness. You know, it just occurred to me that God's probably downloading some other words. So you go right ahead and let God talk to you about what G means for you, what E means for you, what A means for you. It's not, this isn't the only thing that it could possibly mean. But I heard God say the word awareness. And let's go to Hebrews 13, 5 in the Amplified. I know, that's my favorite version. But this is what it says. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not. Did you hear that? Three times. I will not, I will not, I will not. I think he's trying to get us a message here. Do you think? I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you nor let you down or relax my hold on you because guess what? We just learned he's there holding my hand. He's not letting go. Don't you let go. You just keep holding his hand. He says, I will in no way, I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. How 
hard is God trying to get this message through our little pea brains that he will not leave us alone. He will never fail us. He's always there to help you. He will never leave you. He is always present, and he will never let you fall. He's always got your back. How safe does that feel, ladies? When we're not feeling safe and you feel like you're struggling, struggling alone, can I just say with all love and gentleness, you're believing a lie. <laughs> it's not true. God is always, always present. And he's always, always got your back. Isaiah 41, 10 through 13 says, fear not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. There's that righteousness again. Don't ever skip over the word righteousness because that's the gift of being able to be, being, having been put in a position to be able to receive everything that God's trying to get to us. If that didn't happen, we couldn't receive anything. But he aligned us by his righteousness and by making us righteousness. And now we've become receivers. You know, my favorite definition of spiritual growth is not necessarily always feeling like I've got everything under control and all my problems are taken care of. I used to be this and now I'm that. No, it's really more and more the awareness of how much I need God. Because the more I need him, the more he fills it. You know, how do you put more into a uh, full cup? You can't. It's already full. But if I'm full of myself, I don't really have room for God to fill me with what I really need, with his strength, his power, his joy. You know, our, in our own power, we, we do very well sometimes for a time, but that cup runs dry unless we're constantly filled with his strength, his power, his might, his glory. And you know, I'm really talking about with this awareness, practicing the presence of God. Now we know he's always with us. Am I always aware of his presence? Is my ear attentive to his voice? Have I ever walked into a room and instead of feeling like, gosh, I hope somebody talks to me, you know, I wish I had a friend to sit with. What if I walked into a room full of, of women and, said, and looked around and said, God, do you want to use me to bless somebody in here today? What do you have to say? I think you brought me here. Maybe there's a purpose. And now my ear is attentive. Guess what? My eyes aren't on me anymore. My eyes are on him, his kingdom, his righteousness. And now I've become more aware of his presence. See, God is such a gentleman. You know, the very familiar scripture, you know, that he's knocking on the door of your heart, you know, and standing at the door of your heart and knocking. He knocks. We get to decide if we open the door or not. He's here. But have we turned our attention, our awareness? And I remember praying that prayer, God, make me more aware of your presence. Help me to not live this life so loud that I can't hear your voice. And I want to talk about an uh, interesting scripture about Elijah. And see, Elijah was a prophet, and he was under attack, and he was actually running from Queen Jezebel and Ahab, who were evil. They were just evil incarnate. And yet, you know, God was using Elijah at this time uh, in the Old Testament, in 1 Kings 19.11, and he's out alone. And this is what God says to, to Elijah. He says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And this is what happened. The great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty strong demonstration of God's power, is it not? That would have been really cool to be there. And, um, and then it says, it broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord, I'm skipping, I'm sorry. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A still, shh, small voice. Sometimes I think our head, 
Our lives are so loud and noisy that we, we think, because the earthquakes, the earth is shaking over here and the wind is blowing over here and the rocks are falling here. And we, get, we need to get to that place where we shh to hear the still, small voice. Unlike Hollywood's version of God talking, the, I'm pretty sure the clouds are not parting today and a beam of light coming down from heaven and you hear it say, Thus saith the Lord. You know, he's not going to talk to you that way. But are you aware of his presence so that you can hear the still, small voice? I love the scripture too that says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Stop from your striving. Slow down. Quiet down. And know I am God. Hallelujah. That encourages me. I need, you know what, ladies? Don't ever, ever think that people who speak and teach from the word of God have it all together. <laughs> I need this more than you do. We've been going through some pretty rough stuff at my house, in my family. I'll just be really transparent with you. I, I've come to the end of myself several times in recent weeks. And that's really not a bad place to be because <laughs> then I can say, Help! And God has been there. My poor mama needs, needs care. And we're trying to be there for her, but we can't be there 24-7. And it pulls at my heartstrings and it breaks my heart. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. People talked about it. I just never knew how it just pulls at your heartstrings and your emotions. But you know what? God is in the still small places. And it's going to be okay. I can cry with you, but... <laughs> I'm moving on, all right? I'm not getting stuck there. So we're looking for that still small voice. God speaks, are we listening? And stop limiting God as to how he speaks. I prayed the prayer, God, make me aware. Make me aware. Help me to stop when things get so noisy and I'm getting all stirred up, I'm getting worried, I'm losing sleep, I'm doing all that I think I'm supposed to do except stopping being still, and hearing his voice. Because every time he speaks, it's a word of life. I need a word of life. A lot of people try to give you advice, and that can be good, but get your advice straight from God, because it's going to be a word of life, and it's going to really, 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 really work for you. So stop limiting how he speaks. He's not. I love, in times of worship, God downloads so many things for me. How about you? And it's, it's an awesome time, you know, when we're here all together, and I'm just, I sometimes get the next message of scripture, whatever, and I oftentimes write things down. But you know what? That's not the only time God speaks to us, is when when we're in church, break out of the four walls of church and expect God because, to speak to you. Because he says, I'm the good shepherd, you are my sheep, and my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So he already declared over you, you can hear me. And he is also saying, I'm speaking. And I don't think God's ever quiet, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think sometimes we just need to put in our hearing aids so we can hear him. Amen? All right, so just a couple things that I, I was thinking about recently. Oftentimes in the wee hours of the morning, before my mouth is open and my mind is still not, you know, cluttered with things, I hear him say things to me. And recently, as soon as I opened my eyes, I heard the Spirit of God say, let me protect your heart today. And I didn't know what was going to happen that day. But I got some pretty bad news. And it hurt in a very personal way. And there was a time when that, finding out about that thing, would have totally destroyed me. I would have been out of commission for a couple of weeks, just mad, depressed, listening to the devil, just feeding, fueling that fire. There was a time when that would have really, really affected me. But I immediately thought, God, thank you for protecting my heart today. I'm going to be just fine. And guess what I got to do? I got to pray for that person. What they said was wrong. It wasn't even true. It was a direct assault on my character. And if I did anything wrong, you know, I'm willing to admit and take you know, responsibility for it. But I got to pray for them because my heart was protected. But it's because I got a word from God and it was very quiet, very quiet and still. I remember where I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the very intersection sitting at a red light when God dropped into 
our, my heart a life-changing word. And he said, you're going to move back to Michigan, and don't worry, you're not irreplaceable. <laughs> okay, yes, thank you for that gentle rebuke. And it just released us to do exactly what we wanted to do, but mm, we had all kinds of reasons. We were using our, our logic with that one. And so, oh, maybe this is the most fun one. I remember I was in my third year of college and way too long of a story to explain, but my husband and I had been engaged two years before. I broke off the engagement, yes, shame, shame. Now, I just wasn't in a good position. I wasn't bringing those things to the marriage that I needed to, only because of a spirit of fear, which is never a good reason to make any decision. But hey, I just wasn't there. Had decided to do some things in the interim, and God was bringing back to me all these things about this man that I cut off from my life that I obviously still loved. And so I was in this transitional place. It's like, I'm afraid. I'm trying, trying not to hurt his heart again. Is this really what you want us to do? And so we were finally talking again, and I'm walking out of the gym after working out at college, all sweaty, you know, no makeup on and everything. I'm way back to my dorm room, and I heard the Spirit of God say, 1 Samuel 16, 7. And I went, what? I don't know what 1 Samuel 16, 7 says. So I was hoofing it back to my room, opened my Bible to 1 Samuel 16, 7, and it said this, do not look at the outward appearance as man does, for I look at the heart. And then he said to me, he said, Bill is a man after my own heart. You will enjoy life with him. I was almost married right on the spot. It was time to get out of that stunt gear. Maybe we were in second gear, but God wanted us to move on to third gear, fourth gear, and overdrive. And we had been married very happily. I married my David because David was a man after God's own heart. And we've been married for 35 very happy years, and I, have n I never anticipated that I would laugh so much. I didn't know he was that funny. But he brings so much joy to our relationship and to, to my life, and I hope to our kids' lives, and they adore him. But um, it's because I heard a still small voice. And God is going to be faithful to speak to you in a way that you can hear and understand. All right, we have time for R. Praise God. All right, let's go on. R is rest. God first with expectations of good and not bad. Being aware of his presence so you can enter a place of rest. You know, I love our words. I can't even tell you why, but there's so many things, very powerful words that begin with R. And so R can be for lots of things. And two years ago, we called our midwinter retreat, Refresh, Restore, Renew. I got stuck on our words. How many of you were there? Okay, I thought so, several of you. And so what we did, the first day that we got there, I read this little R rant, because I just had so much fun thinking about all the words that I could possibly come up with. So can I read it to you? It says, here is the R rant. Refresh, restore, renew. But there may be a whole repertoire of reasons relating to the reality of why you are here. Maybe you just need to relax or rest. Or you need to be rekindled, rewired, and refired. Or maybe you need to refuel so you're ready to run the race. Or maybe you want to, God to rewire, rebuild, and reignite you so you can radiate God's love. Maybe you need to release regrets, remember to rejoice or respond to God's resplendent revelations. Or maybe you came to get remodeled, replumbed, reconfigured, or rearranged. Maybe you need rehab, or you'd like a redo, and you need a repair job. Maybe you're tired of getting ripped off by the enemy and want to regain sacred ground. Maybe you need the fresh rain of the Holy Spirit to reawaken you to the realities of his ravishing, redeeming love that restores us to relationship with him. Number one, recognize that you were here not by accident, not by fate, but you've been drawn here for a purpose. Reality is God has drawn you here like for such a time as this, and there will never be another today or another tomorrow, and you are here. Let's open the eyes and ears of our hearts. Be a sponge and receive everything that God has for us today. I believe some of you have come with very specific reasons. There might be some heaviness, some pain, some physical issues, some broken hearts. 
Let God rewrite his love letter on the pages of your heart. Show you revelation by his spirit as you rest and trust in his ability to do that for you and in you. He is a refuge. That's a safe place from the storms of life. Come to find help in your time of need. So expect to receive all that God has for us. Refresh, restore, renew. But most of all, have a rip-roaring, rock and roll, rollicking good time this year, 2017. How's that sound? All right. <laughs> so you can, you can find a place of rest. Interesting thing is, the Bible says you have to labor to find that rest. Does that mean you need to do enough? No, I believe it means you need to get past yourself, make some choices, and then you'll find rest. Can we go on to the one more PowerPoint here? God downloaded this for me, and this has definitely been helping me a lot through some of the things that I'm walking through right now. And it's, here's my R words, right? Release, receive, rest. I believe this is a good formula, and you can plug in some different words in there, but let's talk what each of those means. You know, recently I heard Bill Johnson of um, Bethel. Bethel, thank you, preach this, and it just kind of made me sit up straight, and I think this is so true. So many times, you know, I think I'm praying, and I'm bringing this, and I, Lord, I'm giving this to you. But if when I turn around and I'm on my way, I'm still feeling weighed down, I'm still feeling burdened, I'm still worried, I'm still losing sleep, um, guess who's carrying it? I didn't really release it. Let's be real. If we want real change, we need to take a look at that and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not there yet. And there's no condemnation in that, but let's not pretend that we, that we really Release it if you're still feeling the burden. So we need to release the, the, the care. And then every time we give him something, he's going to give you something in its place. This is a great exchange happening. It's the same thing that happened at the cross, amen? So he exchanged our sinfulness for his righteousness. So while I have a care here, this thing is driving me crazy. I don't know how to get any relief from this. So God, I'm bringing it to you. And I really, really, another R word, really, 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 really need to release it. And I mean, you're going to have to work at this a little bit because we're so used to saying, I think I have to figure this out on my own. Uh-uh. I'm at the end of myself, God. If you don't do something... I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know you're faithful. So I'm going to release it to the God whom I can trust, and I'm going to receive something in his place, and now I can enter into a place of rest. There's no worry there. There's no care there. There's only trust there. We don't rest until we trust. And it's okay to say, God, I'm really struggling with this rest thing. He knows it. It's like the man who cried out to Jesus, says, help me in my unbelief. And God did, and Jesus did. So we release, and here's the other release. You need to release faith to receive freely what he's going to freely give. And in exchange, rest to get God's best. He's got good things for you. Live a life from a place of rest and not stress. Stress is the opposite of rest, amen? All right. In the last few minutes, ladies. You know what? I'm done playing church. We get so used to just kind of going through routine. I don't want routine. I want God's best. And God's best is moving from glory to glory. Not staying in neutral. Not staying in first gear trying to make it work. Not getting stuck but looking to him for real change, knowing he so loves you, you don't even know. We've only scratched the surface of how he loves you and how he sees you. That's why I chose Priceless for our theme for the conference. I want you women to understand we all need to know. He looks at you and he says, you are so precious. You are my treasure. You are priceless. There's no price that's great enough to purchase you, but he gave his very best for us. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we're just 
being real before you. And I just sense that we just need to walk through this a minute. If you're carrying burdens that are so heavy for you, your shoulders were never designed to carry it by yourself. God, we're putting your first right now. What are your thoughts on this? I'm so tired of struggling with this, this, this crazy cycle that I've been trying to, to get a new result, but keep doing the same old, same old thing. Keep thinking the same thoughts. They're holding me in bondage. I don't want that anymore. And I'm coming to you, and I'm really needing your help to just lay this thing down. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted from trying to figure this thing out. So I'm... I'm positioning myself to receive something from you in exchange. What does that look like, Lord? Thank you for your love. Because I want to enter into that rest, Lord. Remind me when I start to pick it back up that, ah, let me take it. Release it. Trust me with it. And Father, for 2017, I pray over these women, these Proverbs 31 women who are clothed in strength and dignity, that they look at the future without fear. They can laugh in the face of the devil who might be trying to give them a bad report. But we do not listen to that prophet of fear that would say that you have something to fear in your future. But no, we listen to the word of life that says, God, you are always with us. You're always there. You love us so much. You are concerned about every detail of our lives. And we can so trust you. Lord, shift us. I pray for a shift in all of our lives. None of us have arrived but we enter into that place of rest to let you do the work. In fact, let's think of this as our parting thought. Yep, we're in a vehicle. God, you want us moving forward. We're shifting into first, into second, into third, and so on. But it's only because you're driving the car. And we need to, re we need to trust the driver to get you safely where he wants you to go. And it'll be good. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. And all God's girls said, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, I hope you're blessed this week. Don't forget Dan Seaborn next week. So grab 10 girlfriends and come because you know it's always going to be good. I love you. God bless you. If you need some personal time of prayer, um, there will be those of us up here to spend some time with you agreeing in God's word. Be blessed. <laughs>